With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world. All alone. God takes your soul. You're on your own. Welcome to Weigh-In Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, June 1st. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino or follow us on Twitter at Weigh-In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, for the intro, and again, welcome everyone. It is Sunday night, the first day of June, which means that basketball is almost over, NBA basketball, that is, and college football is closer and closer. The countdown's under 100 days. I think it's like 92 days, 91 days, something like that. So anytime you can get into the double digits, you know it's close. And tonight, Trey will be with me, the co-host of this show, fine co-host, that is. Glad to have Trey with us. Tonight, we're going to talk about the NBA Conference Finals, the East and West. We're going to preview just a touch on it. We'll wait for Wednesday night, mostly, to, to really break down the Spurs and Heat. But a lot has happened, a long playoff, Trey. It seems like these playoffs have been going a long time just to get to San Antonio, Miami. Yeah, buddy. I mean, obviously the NBA playoffs always feel like they last about six months, um, but it has been a long time. And, you know, Torben, let's jump right in, buddy. I, I think, uh, you know, uh, I tap my tap on the back a little bit, man. I, I sort of nailed both uh, both the Heat and the Spurs theory, uh, series, both in six. Well, I did before it started, but I wanted to go outside the box a little bit. Just, you know, I didn't want to see the Spurs in the Heat because that's what we saw last year. I was just hoping – for a way to find two other teams, but it didn't happen. And Trey, I don't think people realize how how phenomenal it is what Miami has done on the court. Four straight years they've been in the finals. They're going for a three seat. I mean, in our lifetime, we've only seen this one time. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that, that I think people are overlooking at how rare it really is. I'm looking at the Miami Heat. Let's let's talk about that series. Just real quick, and Trey, if you need to mute yourself, go ahead here and there, whatever. Just um, that's fine. I know you have business to attend to tonight, and thanks for joining us again. But you know, you had a feeling after Stevenson, they beat Miami in what was it, Game Five? He's blowing in LeBron's ear. He's antagonizing him. LeBron has seven points in Game Five. You just knew, Trey, that that Miami was going to come out on fire, didn't you? Or is or am I, is that far fetched? I'll tell you what, man. I had a buddy who was in Vegas um, for Game Six, and he, that line went, went up to eight and a half. And he was like, I told him I said bet on Miami, and he's like eight and a half, and I was like, it's not going to be close. 
uh, Indiana <laughs> is going to get destroyed. Now, I didn't think it was going to be like 30 points. But I thought it was easily going to be near 20. I really did think that it was going to get out of hand. Yeah, you you were right. You could just feel it because players like LeBron James, they thrive on this. You know he's bored in a way. He's accomplished it all almost. So now all of a sudden they're hitting a lull. They're frustrated. Now you all you do is go out and make him angry. And, uh, and not only that, you make his players, his teammates around him play a lot harder. So looking at that, that was just a stupid move. Do you really want Stevenson on your team if you're in, if you're Indiana next season, Trey? I mean, I know he's talented, but do you really want him on this team? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an it's an absolute good question. I mean, Paul George when asked the questions that he didn't know. Uh, so I mean, I don't I don't either. I mean, I think that uh, I think it's a good question that we have to answer. And I'm gonna step off here real quick, but I'll be right back. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, just like Trey said, even Paul George is not sure about about what's going on with this. I look at it like this: in the NBA, you you have to have stars on your team. You have to have role players. Well, on Indiana, it seems like everybody's trying to be the star. You have George. That's his team. That's George's team. And nobody should even be questioning that. You have Stevenson. That kind of reminds me a little bit of Westbrook in a way, just a, a player that really doesn't know his role on the court. you got a big man that's soft as Charmin. I mean, it's, it's just terrible to see a seven-foot-plus guy uh, cower down to people and play soft. But but looking at this Indiana Pacers team, Larry Bird, I read that on ESPN. He built this team. Now he's going to have to fix it, and it's broken. After losing like this, getting humiliated, you go all season. You're trying your best to get the number one seed in the NBA Eastern Conference all for nothing because at the end of the day, you didn't have the camaraderie. You didn't have what it takes to be able to beat the defending champion Miami Heat. And now it's back to the drawing board again. And until they make some different moves and something else happens, I'm not going to believe in them being a contender anymore. I know Miami is getting older. I know they're long in the tooth. I mean, this is going to be possibly their third championship in a row, fourth year in a row they played for the championship. How much more can this team accomplish? That's a good question. I mean, when's enough enough? When is LeBron James going to say, Okay, I've had enough here in Miami. It's been fun. I've got my championships. I'm, my legacy's already here. Now let's go have some fun the rest of his career because it seems like there's a lot of pressure following LeBron James, even at Cleveland. And then when he moved to Miami, the, it intensified. Everything magnifies the LeBron James. So my question to everybody out there, and you could call in 646-716-5564, how long is LeBron going to stay in Miami? I think it's going to be another year maybe at the most. And I think he's going to go to Cleveland. There's no doubt in my mind. But but you don't mess with LeBron James. You don't mess with the best player in the league. And, Trey, you know, when they they came up with the MVP voting, remember I said Durant's not even close to LeBron James? Well, I think it's kind of showing now. Well, I mean, there's certainly no doubt about it. In the postseason, LeBron James is a different player. Um, you know, it, it'll be really interesting. You know, I heard a little bit what you're talking about what happens after this year um, with with the Heat and with James. And you got to think about Wade, who has been a, just a, an MVP guy of his own, a world champion on his own. He is just not a guy who's got. I don't think he has the health to play a whole lot longer. And so I, I wonder if LeBron's going to consider that kind of stuff, or if he's going to ride out until Wade retires. It'll be really interesting uh, to see what what James does because I think you're right, man. You and I are in agreement. Sorry, here, sorry, man. Well, my, what I would do, what I would do, Trey, is is looking at it. If I'm LeBron, 
I'm going to go ahead and go to a team that's already established a little bit, you know, like the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they're getting all these draft picks. We talked about that previously on other shows. Perfect opportunity for him to step into a younger team, be the veteran, be the best player on the court, and help these younger guys develop and win them championships. I think he needs to give back a little bit. He went to Miami, and I don't care what anybody says out there, he bought these championships. And there's there's no doubt about it. He he they all three came to this team together just to win championships. I can't fault him for that. Heck, I'd I'd like to win championships too if I was them. But we'll see where he goes. And the other side of it, we have the Mr. MVP Kevin Durant, Game Six at home last night against San Antonio. And this is a team without San Antonio team without Tony Parker, their floor general in the second half. They go off and they outscore. They tear up the Oklahoma City Thunder in the third period, and it, they got down double digits. OKC came back, tied it, went to overtime, choked it away. So, so my question to you, Trey, is, and I'm going to tell you this right now, I think Westbrook is better than Durant. And I want your thoughts on that. And I, I know that may sound crazy, but looking at it, he has more control over the court than Durant does. Well, he's certainly the floor general. I don't know that he's a better player. Uh, but I think each of them are pretty darn good. I mean, Durant is phenomenal. But i got to tell you, I, I, I disagree, Ben. Uh, I'll I just look at it. And Trey, if you need to step off, that's fine, man. Don't worry about it. Um, but, but looking at the, these two players right here, you have probably two top five players in the NBA on your team. And, and when you get that kind of talent on there, you need a couple role players to go with it. You have a Baca, a big man. You have Jackson. You have little players that can step in and do it. There's no excuse that a younger Oklahoma City team should lose to an old San Antonio Spurs team. I mean, there, there's no excuse here, guys. I mean, I'd look at the coach. I mean, he's not a coach. Come on, let's look at it. I'm trying to think of his name right now. For some reason, it's not hitting my brain. But, I mean, he's not a coach to me. He stands over there on the sidelines with his glasses, and he doesn't do anything. These guys don't even have an offense that they run. They just – do a screen or two, and then that's all they do. Westbrook fires a wild shot. Durant gets tired of Westbrook scoring or shooting, and then he'll fire up a jump shot. There's just no consistency with this Oklahoma City team. To lose game six at home like this, to get outscored 17 points in the third period on your own floor without San Antonio's best player, that's unacceptable. That's just unacceptable. And I don't know where they go from here, Trey, what kind of moves they make, but that's a bad thing that happened last night in OKC. Well, I mean, you got to think about Scotty Brooks, and you got to think about Indiana's coaching situation as well. And I got to tell you, I think that uh, I think Brooks is safe in uh, Oklahoma City. But I got to tell you, I heard I saw something today that said the Pacers were going to make a coaching move, and I disagree with that. I think the Pacers uh, should make all, several moves because you got a team built around Paul George. Uh, and Hibbert was pretty good last year, and something happened. And I don't know if you can say it's all Ant Stevenson and chemistry. There's something else going on in Indiana. Yeah. Um, yeah, there definitely is. I, th- I think it's coaches and players and a lot of other things going on in Indiana right now. I don't know what to think of it, but, hey, Indiana, you said you were coming to, to win a championship. You didn't. I don't know what you're going to do, but right now the five you have on the floor, your bench players and your coach is not enough to get it done. And, again, we have a, a, a player, a legendary player like Larry Bird, 
that's managing owning a team and runs it into the ground, it looks like. They don't know what – just because you're a good player, a great player in the NBA, doesn't mean you're a good owner. doesn't mean you're a businessman. And Larry Bird is showing right now, to me, he has no idea of what he's doing to run a team. I wish the caller that calls in bragging about the Indiana Pacers would call in tonight because uh, where are the Pacers fans out, out here right now? Where are you? Are you hiding? Are you mad? Are you Are you happy you made it that far? Um, I don't know. But Trey's not going to be back with us tonight. Right now he's he's got baby duty and two babies at once. I don't know how he does it. But, Trey, if you want to call back in, just call back in. Trey had to hang up a moment. Um, he just shot me a message. So I'll do the best I can going solo. I don't know how good I'll be without my co-host, but we'll see. If you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564. And NBA Finals coming up Thursday night, San Antonio Spurs, Miami. I'm not ready to pick this series just yet, guys. It's just one of those things I have to see where Tony Parker is going to be. Without Tony Parker, I I don't think San Antonio can win, but I honestly didn't think they were going to beat Oklahoma City last night without him. So, hey, I I don't know much about the NBA, it seems like, but, Man, this is a tough thing. And I think the format of this is 2-3-2, two, two, two games in San Antonio, three in Miami, and two in San Antonio. So we'll we'll see about that one. Um, I'm going to – if I had to do it right now, a gun to my head, I would pick San Antonio to win this in about six or seven. But anytime you doubt LeBron James, he, he shows up big. And, and you remember one stat that people forget about. I can't remember the exact number, but – Go back and look at how many games Miami has won after coming off a loss. I mean, these guys, once they lose, they'll they'll throw off about six or seven more games on you. So it's hard to beat them four games in a series. They're just so dynamic the way they play. I really don't see how they keep winning like this. I'm not big on Bosch. I'm not big on Ray Allen. I am big on LeBron James, but he's just so phenomenal that he, he can make everybody around him a lot better. And, and compensate for some of these weaknesses out there on the court. And you're listening to Weigh In Sports Talk on Block Talk Radio. Give us a call, 646-716-5564. Sorry, I had to get some water. Um, we'll talk about a minute about the interview. Last Wednesday night, Ryan Fowler from 99.1 FM The Game out of Tuscaloosa came on my came on Trey and I show. Great show. He About 20 minutes, he talked about the Crimson Tide. Um, and then Friday night, I went on his show and actually talked about Auburn. It was a great show, great interview. I really enjoyed it. So I'd love to do it again. I'd love for Ryan to come back on. He did do a good job of uh, promoting our show and giving us a chance to get on there and get our name out. So we had a good time doing it. And you know what? Being a bunch of Bama guys, they were very respectful, and that's what that's what I liked the most about it. They were fun. We had a good time. The chemistry, the flow was good. So maybe we can have those guys back on very soon. Maybe they can, uh, we can come back on their show. So that was fun. And looking at it right now, I don't know how long I'm going to go tonight, guys. I wasn't planning to go solo. So let's just look at college football right now and, and really talk about some of the things I wanted to talk about. The first thing, the SEC schools, they brought in about $300 million this year of revenue. 
split it out with the teams. I mean, that's a lot of money, $20 million probably going to each team. And the players are looking around wanting to know where, where that money is going for them. And a funny thing happened. The Mike Sly, the SEC commissioner, came out, you know, trying to really threaten the NCAA. And what, what he's trying to tell them is, if you do not meet our demands, if you do not let us do ins- long-term insurance for our players, pay their full rides, maybe give them some walking around money, things of that nature, that they're going to – the big five, really, the SEC, Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, and – I think Big Ten are going to form the Division Four. They're going to break away from Division One and go to their own division. And they really feel that the smaller schools, the smaller conferences, are really hindering the growth of football right now because every school out there cannot afford to do this. And it takes a, a majority vote, like 70% or something, to be able to pass a bill, pass a law, whatever it is, but looking at it, what what are your thoughts about the about these teams breaking away in their own division? How would that work? Because you got to factor in too basketball. How are they going to be invited to the NCAA tournament? I'm just I'm just trying to see in my mind how all this works, and I haven't had a lot of time to study it. But the SEC is is really a power play for ESPN. It's just like, hey, we're the big boys, the SEC. We're going to do what we want to do. If you do not agree with it, if you don't make it happen then we'll, we'll leave the NCAA and we'll go to our own division. But I think, you know, anytime – this is very muddy waters right here because you look at it, it's such a bigger recruiting advantage for these bigger schools than these smaller schools. You take a Boise State team out there, good little school, how are they going to be able to recruit with teams in the Pac-12, with teams in the Big 12 now? If they're in their own division, they're they're being able to compensate these players – they're being able to provide benefits. I mean, you look at it in the workforce. If I'm looking at if I'm matching two companies together, I'm going to probably go with the company that pays me the most money, and I'm going to go with I'm going to look at benefits. Benefits are very important. And if you're a player, you're going to also look at those. So, wow. I mean, I think you would have to separate divisions if this was a if this was going to happen like this. If everybody cannot be a part of it, and Trey, you're in the chat room. Let me know what you think about this. Um, would it be fair for these schools to be able to do it? If you can do it, if you can't, that's okay. Or do you think they should split divisions? I don't know how this is going to work. We've got the new college playoffs coming. How is that going to seed it? I have no idea, but there's a lot to think about right now. And, you know, as a fan of college football, I remember as a kid just watching it, and it was pure. Everything about college football seemed to be pure at that age. And the older I get, the more I dig into the college football, the more it grows, the, all it's coming about. it. All it's going to be is money, guys, money, money, money. The greed is here. I mean, there's so much money being made in college football. It's, it's sickening almost to see how much money these schools make and how the players don't make anything. But – Something's going to change. People are going to start getting compensated legally. I know. I know. Right now, a lot of people under the table are getting paid. Some of these recruits, maybe. Uh, but I just don't know how you could allow Alabama, Auburn, Texas, and teams like that to be able to pay players, provide benefits, and some schools that can't afford it won't be able to. I just don't think it's fair that way. 
because you have to be on an even playing ground if you're in the same division. It's getting tricky now, but it's all about money, revenue. They're even talking about doing beer sales now in colleges. It's already happening some places. So anything some people can do to make a buck. And uh, Ryan Fowler, 99.1 FM, the game, uh, I heard on his show, he was talking about the the tickets for the, the college playoff face value close to $400 which really knocks down the the, the real fans that, that support their teams and, and go to the games and do it all. It's pricing them out, really, and it's making corporate America actually actually come in here and get all the seats and, and be able to do that. So you're going to college Final Four in football, and you're going to have about 20% of the population there be really the fans. The rest are going to be corporate sponsors and, and people that have no – no ties to the schools that are playing, which, come on. I mean, this is this is really getting absurd when you start looking at it. And, and I'm venting tonight. I'm sorry. But to me, college football is, it was pure, and it, it's starting to get where it's not. You have you have recruiting that, that is it's like a full-time job now. Recruiting, I remember back, let's go back 10 years, 2004. It was a, a decent-sized deal. You, you did follow it, and you kind of look at the names. But now... You fast forward 10 years later, you have teams like Auburn. They're doing the Big Cat weekend. I mean, they bring the best recruits in. They show them a good time. Um, I mean, there's so much drama going on with signing day. These kids are getting a lot of exposure. They're getting a lot of attention. And and it's just one of those things where that's a lot of money involved in it. How are you, how are you going to recruit Boise State? How are you going to recruit Nevada? How are you going to recruit? UAB, how are you going to recruit Central Florida and teams like this when you could go down the street and, and actually get paid to do it and compete? This is this is just troubling to me that, that we're it's all about the money now. And if you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564, it's just, to me, it's disturbing because college football used to be about something besides money. It used to be about pride, tradition. And to me, it's just turning year by year. It's getting more and more about the Benjamins. And I just want to hear your thoughts and, and follow us on Twitter. You can you can send us a message there at Way in Sports. Uh, follow us on Facebook. And, and get in touch with us anyway, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. But college football is getting close, guys. It is June the 1st right now. And three months from now, we're going to be watching some college football and having a good time. But let's talk a little bit about some arrests going on right now. Oklahoma State running back, I don't know if anybody heard. Usually it's the people that get spotlight with arrests or the SEC. But Ohio, Oklahoma State, Devon Thomas was arrested um, in his hometown of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, late Wednesday on felony complaints of armed robbery and shooting with intent to kill. Thomas, he's 18 years old, and three others were were accused of robbing a man at gunpoint Tuesday and then firing a gun at the victim as the victim drove away. Wow. I mean, that's that's some serious stuff, which, my Gundy, I just want to know what kind of background check you did on this kid uh, before you signed him. I'm I'm sure he's a great running back, uh, but wow. You see stuff like this. You see the SEC on a regular basis get bashed for a little weed, uh, something like this. But when you start talking about robbery and shooting with intent to kill, that that ups the ante a little bit. And another, let's go to the Big Ten real quick. 
A Michigan State commit gets 60 days in jail for body slamming a security guard. Um, so his name is Jaru Campbell, 60 days in jail and 15 months community service for aggravated assault after body slamming a security guard in January. He'll have to complete anger management in 75 hours of community service. So just to let people know, it's not just the SEC that gets in trouble. I mean, it's it's all over the place. But when I start hearing about armed robbery, when I start hearing about shooting someone with intent to kill, that's on a whole new level. The question is to everybody out there, how much trouble will he get in? Will, will Gundy let him come back on the team? Will he miss a game? Will he miss a practice? We're going to find out because I believe in second chances, guys. I do. But when you start talking about armed robbery and shooting someone, maybe college and college football is not where you deserve to be. Maybe getting out of jail after 10 years maybe, but not playing and getting to play college football. You have to remember, getting the, getting a full-ride scholarship, getting your your education paid for is a is a privilege. It's a, I mean, it's something that you, you throw it away, you may not ever get it back. And this guy may not ever get outside of – outside of a jail so that's some interesting stuff and and we are at the college football season three months away like i said one thing that i'm excited to see is this this committee the final four committee that the committee that's going to pick the final four and put the bowls in place and the funny thing is is we're sitting here in june getting ready for the season to start and we don't even know the the criteria they're going to use to be able to to judge these teams, whether it's going to be you have to win your conference, whether it's going to be your strength of schedule. So all of these teams are scrambling around right now trying to adjust their schedules. You know, they're trying to play the bigger boys and everything. But at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you what this committee is going to do. And the reason you have diversity on this committee is because what they're going to do is is they're going to put the, the conference champions in there. So the day's of the SEC getting two teams into me are, are unlikely. And the only way they'll get it is if, if, say, like this year, you have an undefeated Alabama, an undefeated Auburn in the Iron Bowl. It's a field goal game. Bama wins by three, say. Alabama goes on and wins the SEC, and you have a one-loss Auburn team. Could possibly squeak in at number four, but they're going to go look out west at the Pac-12. Um, they're going to look at the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12, they're going to see the schools out there available, who's better. And I thought this committee was put in place to be able to put the four best teams in college football into this playoff. And if that's not going to happen, then, then, then why do we even get rid of the BCS? The BCS, and people will always talk about the BCS, but the number one goal the BCS promised to do every year was to match number one versus number two. That's it. Everything else is just pick, put people in a bowl, whoever meets the criteria. But at the end of the day, the BCS worked the majority of the time. Every season it worked itself out. Now what you're going to do is is you're going to pull four teams in, and now you're going to have more controversy than ever. And you're going to have money involved, which is, is corrupt. At least with the BCS, it was a computer spitting out something, which was a third of the vote, and then the polls made, you know, made up the – the two-thirds majority, and so here, here we are developing a yeah. But now it's people's opinion, these committees, and I don't care what you say, Barry Alvarez, if you're a Big Ten homer, 
and there's no way you're going to fight for someone else to get into the playoff other than the Big Ten team. Tom Osborne, I'm sorry. I don't care how much character you have, but you're not going to be able to take your glasses off and be able to see the see football for what it is. You're going to favor the Big Ten. And just like, uh, I mean, any anybody in the SEC is going to be in here, they're going to favor SEC teams. So I just don't get this committee. I really I would rather see fans almost so forth than I would see some committee with ties to schools. And, and, and you know there's a lot of hatred out there for conferences. You have SEC hate, you have Pac-12 hate and everything, and these people are human beings. I try to be as impartial as I can, but at the end of the day, I'm biased too to my team. And, and this, it, it would be hard if I was on a committee right now and I had a chance to pick a, a one-loss Auburn team that, that finished second in the SEC against a one-loss Big 12 champion. I mean, to me, a one-loss Auburn team would be better anyway, but it would be hard for me to pick someone over them. And it's going to be hard for them to pick it. And, you you know, you read the magazines out there. They're telling you right now who's going to be in there. And, you know, Oklahoma's going to be there, Florida State, Alabama, teams like that, Auburn possibly. But how do they know what's going to happen? I mean, preseason polls to me should be banished right now just for the for this college football playoff because this committee is going to be looking at the preseason polls just like everybody else does, and they're going to form their opinion. So right now, without seeing a game, they're going to know that Oklahoma is overhyped in the preseason. They're number four. And so they're going to get more favor over other teams if they win their games, which is which is not fair to me. So looking at it, I went out and picked up my Athlon Sports magazines, my Lindy's magazine, uh, my Sporting News magazine, and waiting on Phil Steele to to round out the collection to to start analyzing and and going into depth on these teams. You can get a you can you can make a good guess on some of these teams because you see what's coming back from last year. You see recruiting the last few years. You can't just go back last year and recruiting. You have to be able to go back three four years and be able to see what a team's going to have, and you have to really study. And I doubt it very seriously that, that a lot of these preseason guys did their homework on every team in here. That's just That seems impossible. But at the end of the day, we're going to have four teams in this playoff, four teams. And, and you know what? Number five is going to be the one griping the most because they're going to want a 16 playoff before long, and that's going to move to an 18 playoff. College football is unique because the regular season is so valued. Every game is very important. Everything that you look at in college football is important. You start putting in 16-team playoffs, and you're going to devalue the regular season. But one thing you would get if you would extend these playoffs, extend the number of teams, would be better regular season competition. You would, you would let Alabama go play Southern Cal. You'd let Auburn play Stanford because, you know what, with a 16-team playoff, you could lose two or three games and still get in there. And that would be that would be the fun part of it. But it's just such it's so hard once you start devaluing the, devaluing the regular season. That's what I love the most about college football. That's what separates college football from any other sport out there. You have the NFL. You have a lot of teams in the playoffs. You can have a losing record and get in the playoffs in the NFL. Major League Baseball, you play 167 games, whatever. Uh, I mean, just last forever, you can have a losing record 
and get in the playoffs. The NBA, we see it every year in the East. The Atlanta Hawks this year, losing record. They're in the playoffs, um, you know, but in college football. You can you can have possibly one loss, but after that one loss, you better win the rest of them because if you lose more than one, chances are you're not going to make it. And what that does is it makes conferences like the SEC that's very powerful internally, they believe. They beat up on each other. They only play an eight-game schedule. They don't do a nine. It makes them not want to schedule in the out-of-conference and, and play these tougher games because they know they lose one game, they lose that game. Uh, the Clemson starting the year, it's almost over for them right there. If they don't win out, they're not making it. So it puts a lot of pressure on everybody. That's why you see these FCS schools playing these games, you know, playing these bigger teams because they want to win. They don't want to. They don't want to go out and play Kansas State. They don't want to go out and play Baylor. They don't want to go out and play Oregon. They don't want to play UCLA. They want to play somebody that guarantees them a win, guarantees them being able to play backups and getting rest. So until the playoffs increase, you're going to keep seeing these games like this. You're going to see, for the most part, a team play out of four. They're going to play one tough out-of-conference game maybe, and the rest are going to be cupcakes. That's just the way it's going to work. It's just the way it has to work in order to be fair because you see other conferences like the the don't the conferences are not as strong. Okay, they they went out and played a, a big powerhouse in the out of conference, but guess what? They have nine games in the regular season where two of them are going to be challenges. So there's seven games just just scratch those off for wins right there. So it's easier for teams with weaker conferences to go out and schedule somebody because they they have more margin room for error. So you're listening to Weigh In Sports Talk live on Blog Talk Radio. If you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564. We'd love to hear from you tonight. And, you know, they're already talking about the Heisman front runners already. And I think it's a joke. Now, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give my list in August, maybe early set, right before it starts, to give a list of who I think will make it. And that's all it is, a guess, guys. It's, yeah, all of a sudden, it's Winston and Mariota, the two best players ever to step foot on the field. And we're going to see about that. Mariota is getting a lot of love this year for the Oregon Ducks. I mean, is he that good? I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen flashes of brilliance, but I've also seen flashes of playing Stanford, playing teams that just dust him as well. So in order for Mariota to win a Heisman Trophy, I think he's going to have to really put on a show and go undefeated. And I think we have Jason Humphreys on the line with us. Jason, welcome to the show. How are you? Pretty good. Is Mayorda that good? Of course he is. What are you talking about? Win healthy. The best quarterback in the country. Win healthy. That's what I say about that. Okay, I have a question for you. When, When was he not healthy last year? Uh, second half, you saw again. He had that knee brace on. That Stanford, Stanford, Arizona, Utah, and Oregon State. And he played with a spring MCL. So, so again, against Stanford, was he injured? Yeah. Yep. MCL spring. So, so is this guy is this guy a system college quarterback, Jason, or is he an NFL quarterback? Uh, it's it's really hard to say because 
he only knows one assistant. But I'm I'm sure he could have learned any other system. This kid is smart and he's talented and whatnot. So I I believe he could do it all. So. So are you are you, are you going to predict the Oregon Ducks to to win the Pac-12 this year and for Mariota to win the Heisman? Are you ready to do that? I I would I would say. I would say in the league about a pack of twelve is a disappointment. I wanna say a national title because we have never won one. I I'm in a camp that if you never won one as a school you can't expect it. And I could really care less about the Heisman. I I think I think this kid is focused on the team goals and whatnot. Um, if the Heisman comes with it, that would be nice. But I'm not going to put all my eggs in that, that basket. So. All right. Well, Jason Humphreys, man, big Oregon Ducks fan, thanks for joining me on the show to talk about the Ducks. Mariota is a good quarterback. I will give him that. I mean, he has a lot of hype around him. The system they run is perfect for what he does. I mean, I, I won't lie about that. He's a second-team All-American projection. I mean, that's that's not too bad. Winston's the first team they're projecting. But, you know, I look at Winston. He's a big kid. You know, I mean, he, he caught lightning in a bottle last year. He, he had a lot of talent around him. And he's a good little quarterback, but I don't think he's going to repeat what he did last year. I don't think they're going to give him the Heisman after all that's come out about him. After all the the stealing the crab legs and and all that for public, I don't think an SEC or a excuse me a Heisman Trophy winner would do that. So I'm sorry, I'm I'm having the hiccups almost, but we're not going to keep the show going as long tonight. Um, Trey had to leave us, so I'm just going to touch on maybe one or two more things uh, before I have to get out of here tonight. And again, thanks for everybody for joining us listening to us online in the chat room. I want to thank everybody. Uh, but Johnny Manziel right now, the Browns are very impressed with him. They compared him to RG3, which to me is is not saying too much. But, but we'll see. Johnny Manziel went to Vegas the other night, and everybody's making a big deal out of it. But look, come on. this is a He's an NFL player now, everybody. It's time to get off Johnny Manziel's back for a little while. He can go to Vegas if he'd like to, if he'd like to go spend a little cash, gamble, drink a few beers, whatever he does. That's his business, and the, and the media is just like everywhere this guy goes. I would, I would be a lot, I would be a mean person if people were doing that to me. Johnny Manziel, he's been pretty nice about it if you think about it. He's been patient with the media. Uh, but just wanted to touch on him a minute. Lane Kiffin in the news right now, talking about Alabama has the best backfield he's ever coached, college or pro. Uh, I don't know why he's even speaking right now. I, I didn't think Saban let let his assistants talk to the media. But here's Lane Kiffin coming out saying it's the best backfield. And I wonder if he's including quarterback in that. Because I know Alabama with Yeldon and Henry, they're two good running backs, but best they ever he ever coached. So I remember at Southern Cal when he was an offensive coordinator with Reggie Bush and what is it, Lindell White. 
I don't think those two guys in their backfield are better than Reggie Bush and Lindell White. Maybe I could be wrong, but but I don't think I'm wrong on that. So Lane Kiffin's coming out, trying to, to get the Alabama nation excited. But come on, let's get real. That SC backfield. How are you going to say a backfield's better than what you had in the NFL? Come on, these are NFL players. It's just when you when you speak, Kiffin, I'm going to give you some advice. At least speak realistically. Because nobody's buying what you're saying right now, not to take away anything from Alabama, nothing. I mean, they're they're a great team. They they're consistent. But come on, don't say stuff like that. You haven't even coached a game. You haven't even been through fall workouts yet. Come on, don't say stuff like that. But uh, Wednesday night we're going to do a show. I'm trying to come up with a time we're going to start breaking down each conference and the teams like we did last year. I don't want to start too early. I don't want to start too late. I want to be able to get the full picture. But uh, I do want to talk about, real quick before we go, Big Cat Weekend at Auburn. Uh, Big turnout of of talented players. I mean, the best of the best were there. The number number one quarterback, the number one defensive tackle. I mean, it was loaded with players. And this is a time that a lot of people don't realize it's not about getting kids in there and just talking football. What they do is they, they get the families there. That's the main thing. The families come in, they come in and they, they talk about, they don't even talk about football really, but the players will meet with the coaches sometimes and talk about where they would fit. But this is about seeing the family life at Auburn. And it's really, it's really uh, turned a lot of heads of kids. They get to, I think it takes the pressure off, and it kind of lets them relax and and see these guys at their best. So, you know, I know in April they said Alabama locked up the number one class in recruiting. I would not bank on that just yet because there's still a lot going on right now. And Darren Payne, one of the best players in the nation, hasn't decided yet. It's between probably Alabama, Auburn, if I had to guess. He was at Big Cat Weekend. There's still a lot. Torrance, Torrance Gibson, the five-star number one quarterback in the nation, has Auburn number one on their on his list now with Tennessee. So there's still a lot going on right now in recruiting. You know, all it takes is three or four five stars to come on this, and the recruiting just flipped. So Auburn's in the top five right now. Alabama's number one, but nothing's set in stone until they sign that that letter saying I'm going to come to your school in February. So. Everybody can get caught up in recruiting a little too early sometimes, but it all depends on really how you do on the field and, and how much attention you give these players. And Auburn's doing a good job of going out and, and recruiting the best of the best, and that, that's what it's going to take. To win championships, you have to have talent. You have to have consistent recruiting. You look at the 12-2 and two season last year for Auburn, the, even though they lost the championship game, it was a great season, but all of that, wasn't built just because Malzahn came. It was built from years of recruiting, doing top ten recruiting, and it, it you keep that consistent. Look at Alabama, number one or two or three every year, and all of a sudden every year you have a juggernaut. You have to if you're going to beat Alabama, you're going to have to bring it. They don't lose. They don't lose very often. So when they do, it's it's very rare. And in order to beat them, you have to out scheme them, you have to out coach them, and you have to have better players in a way. So in order to win championships, you have to recruit, and that's just the way it is. Texas, you know, you look at their recruiting fall off in the last few years, and they have nobody drafted 
off their team for the first time in forever. And you know what? They didn't do good on the field. They've been struggling. Why? It wasn't just Mac Brown. It was the talent at Texas. It was his fault for not getting the talent at Texas. But they didn't win on the field because they weren't the most talented team. And in college football, staying real quick, you know, the projections right now, the preseason projections for the SEC, Alabama and South Carolina are picked to play in the SEC championship game. And, wow, that, that surprises me a little bit. The East, to me, is wide open. I mean, anybody can win that division. I, I don't think I would put South Carolina up there losing Clowney and Connor Shaw. I think I would probably lean more towards I, – heck, I'd probably even pick Florida with the talent they have if they can get an offense going. But Auburn was picked second, LSU third, Texas A&M fourth, Ole Miss fifth, Mississippi State sixth, and Arkansas seventh. In the East, you know, Georgia was second, Missouri was third. And and you look at that, Missouri third. It would be very hard for me to put Missouri back up there, losing what they lost and some of the other teams getting better. Um, you had two teams last year almost picked dead last. Missouri and Auburn made the SEC this year. So I wonder what kind of surprise is going to be out there for this year. I'm excited to see it. And, again, thanks, everyone, for listening tonight, Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to bring you a show. I hope you have a great week. And remember, it's June. The weather's starting to get hot. Which, When it starts cooling off, we're going to be ready for some football. So make sure you join us every Sunday and every Wednesday evening from 8.30 p.m. Eastern to whenever we stop. So the closer we get to football season, the longer our shows are going to be. But I want to thank you again for listening to us, and have a great week. Right into this world, all alone. God, take your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies straight, a perfect line. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.